be multiplied to us now and ever henceforth. Amen. I shall uh, read a portion of scripture from the sixth chapter of the book of Isaiah. The first eight, voice, eight verses thereof with the prayer that the Heavenly Father will speak to us through these words. And the words read in the name of our beloved Savior are as follows. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood uh, the, the seraphims, each one had uh, six wings. With twain he covered his face, with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And cry, one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, and mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. Amen. We know that this is figurative speech, but nevertheless, Isaiah is witnessing concerning his own conversion. For this vision of his was so impressive that he could not forget the time nor the place where it occurred. And he, he explains how God revealed to him his glory, his righteousness, his holiness. And in the presence of the righteousness and holiness of God, he saw himself defiled, unclean and undone. The only 
way that God can awaken man to see his own uncleanliness is by revealing to him his holiness, his righteousness, and his glory. What is it that reveals to us today the holiness and righteousness of God? Isn't it his holy exacting law? God gave his law to us as a mirror that we can uh, behold ourselves in it, as a measure that we can uh, see whether we come up to it or not. When God, uh, through his holy law, reveals to us how holy and perfect and righteous we must be in order to be acceptable to him. What do we behold ourselves to be? Do we not see ourselves as Isaiah saw? unclean and defiled. We saw that we were truly undone, that we have merited God's anger and his condemnation. For this purpose, the Apostle St. Paul states that God has given his law by the law comes the knowledge of sin. And this is the first love of God that is extended to man. For though it does not seem as though God loved us, when he awakens us to the realization of our sins, and our unclean and condemned condition. But Jesus states, whom I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. If God does not love a people, he doesn't awaken them to the realization of their sins. They remain dead in trespasses and sins. But when a people's time of visitation comes, God does as he stated, as St. Paul stated to the Ephesians in his second chapter, the first verse, saying, You hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. God awakens man for the purpose 
that he might have mercy upon that man. That that person, realizing how undone he was and the reason for his undoing was his uncleanness. That person begins to seek a way of escape from under the anger of God. For God is angry with sin, though he loves the sinner. But the sinner feels the anger of God resting upon him as long as sin rests upon his conscience. When Isaiah in his in the twelfth chapter of his book states, In that day thou shalt say, I thank thee, Lord, that thou wert angry with me, but thy anger has, is turned aside, and thou comfortest me. The Lord is my salvation, I shall not fear. He is my song, and he is my salvation. On the day, or at the time, when God, uh, who reveals to us his holiness and our own uncleanness, and grants us the grace to repent of our sins, and performs that service to us, that here Isaiah said that the cherubim performed. The cherubim is a type of the servant of God. For Paul says that angels are ministering spirits sent forth to minister unto them who are heirs of salvation. It is through his ministers here on earth, his servants, that God deals with the convicted sinner. They are the ones who are commissioned to take the fiery coals from off the altar with the tongs and to place it upon the defiled one. The servants of God are commissioned to take the precious drops of blood, the blood of Jesus Christ from the altar of grace. But the cherubim did not take it with his hands, he took them with the tongs, a medium by which uh, that was used in order to give, uh, uh, take these coals. The medium that God has given to us is the gospel of Christ. For the forgiveness of sins is uh, extended to us in the gospel of Christ. And therefore, St. Paul states, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, 
For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. And when the blood of Jesus Christ is applied through the forgiveness of sins in Jesus' name and atoning blood, lo and behold, the iniquity is taken away and the sin is purged. That soul receives this grace from God. God gives him the strength to believe his faith is accounted unto him for righteousness. And to the righteous God gives his Holy Spirit. Now there is a great change that occurs. When Isaiah heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom will I send? And who will go for us? Isaiah, who was trembling with fear before the righteous, holy God, now with great boldness states, Lord, here I am. Send me. We recall how the disciples of the Lord were behind locked doors for fear of the Jews until they received the Holy Spirit. Now when the love of God is shed abroad in the hearts of men through the Holy Spirit that is given to them, love drives out fear. And when that person who has tasted the love of God, for Jesus loved us first. He cannot help but reciprocate to that love. He loves the Lord, who was gracious and merciful to him, who forgave him all his sin, who purged him of all his iniquity. And it is this love that causes man to be willing to tell others what God has done for him. And his, that love, that divine love, extends towards our fellow men. We do not only love him who has begotten us, but also them that are begotten of him. And we want, as God wants all men to be saved, so is our desire. That this is the first love that is spoken of in the Bible. As I mentioned this morning in the Finnish language, that the angel of uh, Ephesus 
was rebuked by the Lord for having forsaken that first love. That love that God poured into our hearts when he gave us the Holy Spirit. This is what causes man to be willing to go. Hearing no longer what man can do unto him. The apostles on the day of Pentecost, when they were filled by the Holy Spirit, they did not fear anymore the Jews or any man. They boldly went out into the streets. They witnessed of their Lord and Savior. They fulfilled the commandment of Jesus. They preached in his name repentance and the forgiveness of sins. And though they were persecuted, though they were beaten, though they were threatened that if they did not cease to preach in the name of Jesus, worse would befall them. Nevertheless, they rejoiced that they were accounted worthy to suffer for the name of Jesus. It is a great honor and a great privilege that God has given to those who are his own. And remember, it is not only those who uh, preach behind a pulpit, but God says, or, or St. Peter says, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar pe people, to make known the power of him who led you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Every redeemed, born-again child of God has been ordained into the royal priesthood. That priesthood of which Christ is the head. For Christ was not ordained into the priesthood according to the law, but after the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek was the king of Salem and the priest of the Most High. Jesus could never have been a, pre a priest in the old Levitical church because the priesthood had to come from the tribe of Levi. And he was not of that tribe. Therefore, he wasn't a priest after the order of the Levitical church, but after the order of Melchizedek, that kingly priesthood into which every child of God has been ordained. And it is the love of God that is shed abroad in our hearts that forces us to tell others of the power of him who led us out of darkness into his marvelous light and beloved this is the motive 
that all those who have not counted the cost or cared how it has felt have fulfilled the commandment of the Lord to preach repentance and the remission of sins to all people. And they have volunteered. God does not force anyone, but he asks for volunteers. If the love of God is not so great in you that you want to make others known to uh, make known to others the power of him who led you out of darkness into his marvelous light if uh, your own soul salvation is not so precious to you nor the salvation of the souls of others then you will not stand up to be counted you will not say, as Isaiah said, Lord, here am I, send me. God wants willing laborers in his vineyard and in his harvest field. For the harvest surely is plenteous. Oh, they are white for the harvest but the laborers are few. It is still the same today as it was in the days of the Lord, and I believe that it will be thus to the end of the world. But thanks be unto God that there are still those whom the love of God constrains that they will go forth and make known the power of him who led us out of darkness into his marvelous light. The cry from the mission field in Nigeria is a cry for help. My heart was touched when I read the letter. Brother Essien gave me the letter that the central board there in Nigeria had sent along with Naomi. And their request that he would bring with him back a missionary showing how the need was great. The field has spread from 50 to 80 miles to 400 miles from one end to the other. And though there are workers, yet they are still babes in Christ. 
they need to be guided, to be taught, to be led, and to be inspired so that they will believe that truly the Lord Jesus who has promised that where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them, that he will never forsake nor leave his own, but he has promised to be with them even unto the end of the world. Such laborers the Lord is seeking today who have... Uh, Thank God, as Isaiah did, that the Lord was angry with him because of his uncleanness, but that his anger is turned away and he is comforting him, comforting him with the assurance, be of good cheer, thy sins shall be forgiven thee that they are blotted out in the blood of the Lamb so that the Lord becomes his salvation. No one else, not man or a group of men, not a church or a church body, but only the Lord. The Lord is my salvation, and I shall not fear. He is my strength and my song, and he is my salvation. When our strength comes from the Lord, when we do not fear, when we preach the gospel of Christ in its truth and purity, when we let the chips fall where they will, when we stand up for our convictions and our faith, then God strengthens, upholds, and keeps them so that their heart sings in the midst of trials and tribulations that they can thank God that they are worthy to suffer for the name of Jesus. And he is their song and their salvation. Oh, beloved, God is still seeking such servants, such laborers in his harvest. And I have such a firm faith that when God opens the way, he will have uh, someone upon whose heart he has laid the necessity, the desire to go as Isaiah was willing to go. Go to Nigeria and help in the harvest. For as assuredly as I stand here, it is the work of God.
and God will continue the work that he has begun and he will conclude it at his second coming. For as we heard the brother this morning speak that Jesus is coming again and he isn't coming in poverty and weakness but in power and in glory to take his redeemed ones away to the land where the righteous dwell. And oh, beloved, you who have that assurance that you are of his redeemed ones, that your name is written in heaven in the Lamb's book of life, you have reason to rejoice and to thank God for your goodness and mercy that endureth forever. For Jesus says, rather rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And Jesus was moved himself, moved in his spirit to rejoice and to say, I thank thee, God, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hidden these things from the wise and the prudent and revealed it unto babes, for so was thy good will. So to you also, dear young brothers and sisters, as well as the elders, I wish you a blessed journey all the way to the, uh, to the homeland. But I urge you above all, to keep faith in a good conscience. Keep close to your Lord and Savior, to the heart that beats with love toward us, who in our own self are poor and weak, and often wayward, that he would uphold and keep, guide and lead us from day to day, from grace to grace, from victory to victory, until the last enemy is overcome, which is death, and the eternal victory is ours. And may God grant you the grace to believe your sins and shortcomings forgiven in Jesus' name and atoning blood. Amen. second chapter of the book of Revelation, beginning from the twelfth verse through the seventeenth. And let us pray to the dear Heavenly Father, we'll open the door of his word, make his will and his way known to us. And the words are as follows, and behold, I come quickly and my reward is with me to give every man according to his as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. 
Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have a right to the tree of life, and may enter in through the gates into the city. For without are dogs and sorcerers, and whoremongers, and murderers, and idolaters, and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and offspring of David, and the bright and morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him that heareth say, Come. And let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. These, these passages of scripture came to my mind when I thought that this evening we must say farewell one to another, not knowing whether we will see one another anymore on this sin-cursed earth. Therefore, May God, the dear Heavenly Father, ever remind us how quickly the Lord can call us away. I received a letter today from home, and there I was told that a very dear friend Brother Pickerinen suddenly died. He was eating at his home table when he had a stroke. The ambulance was called, but before he got to the hospital, he moved from time to eternity. We heard the word. Behold, I come quickly. It is the Lord who comes to call us away either individually through natural death or he will come in his power and his glory with the host of heaven to call us collectively and when he comes, then he does not come empty-handed. He brings his reward with him. And he will give to every man according as his work shall be. He will give to every man, yes, and to every woman also, and every child also, according as his work shall be. Now, what is the work that here is meant? The Jews asked the Lord 
what good work they might do, that they might inherit eternal life. As we read in the sixth chapter of the Gospel of St. John, Jesus answers, This is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he sent, Jesus Christ. Thus, only the work that living faith produces is acceptable to God. And since man cannot work out his own salvation by any means, form, or way, since we can be saved by grace through faith and that none of ourselves. Therefore, we must believe on the Lord Jesus Christ according to Scripture if we desire to receive that reward that the Lord will give to his own. We are unworthy servants, even though we do all that the Lord has commanded us. Yet, to the unworthy ones, one day he will say, Come, ye good and faithful servants, enter into the rest of your Lord, for you were faithful over a few things. Behold, I will set you over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. The reward is so great that tongue cannot tell, nor words picture the greatness of that reward. When we can enter into that joy unspeakable which is full of glory. Now, so that no one would be mistaken, who is speaking? He says, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. I wonder, is Jesus the beginning and the end for everyone here tonight? Have you begun your life in the Lord? Are you striving that you may end it in him also? Is he the first in your heart and foremost of all? And is he also the last? Is he your wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and your redemption? Is he your all in all? If so, then blessed are you indeed, dear soul. 
when the Lord says, Blessed are they that do his commands, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. Blessed are they who do his commandments. The apostle of love says that his commandments are not too grievous. The Ten Commandments were so grievous that none of us could fulfill them. But the commandments of the Lord are not too grievous. What does he command us to do? He begins his ministry stepping into the office of a prophet by saying the time has come and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. Now this isn't too grievous. It is possible for us to fulfill his commands. It is possible for every single soul who desires to be saved to repent of his sins. For if he has that sincere desire, then the Lord will give him the strength to repent. And if he has the sincere desire to have all his sins forgiven, the Lord will give him the strength to open his mouth and to ask for forgiveness. And he will give him the strength to believe the gospel of Christ, which is the power of God under salvation to everyone that believes. And the very essence and the marrow of the gospel of Christ is the forgiveness of sins in Jesus' name and atoning blood. They who thus keep his commandments Their faith is a them for righteousness. And the Lord will give them his Holy Spirit. For Jesus says, He that believeth on me, according to Scripture, out of his belly shall flow forth rivers of life. And when the Lord says, It shall, then it shall. If someone tries to argue that one doesn't receive the Holy Spirit newness of life when he believes on the Lord Jesus Christ, then say to that person, it is true, he doesn't receive the Holy Spirit if he does not believe on the Lord Jesus Christ according to Scripture. If he believes on the Lord Jesus Christ some other way, but not scripturally, he shall not receive the Holy Spirit. But if he does believe according to scripture, then he shall receive the Holy Spirit. And he shall receive newness of life 
in the Lord. I remember when this argument was brought up to Brother Kunti when he was here that a person can believe and still not receive the Holy Spirit. Then Ontiyari said, a person cannot receive the Holy Spirit later if he does not receive it when he is born any more than a child who is that is born in the world if that child has not the spirit has not life in it no matter how long that child will be kept life will not come into it it is the same spiritually if a person does not receive at its birth spiritually the Spirit of God, he can wait and wait and wait, and he shall not receive life. But as soon as he believes on the Lord Jesus Christ, he receives newness of life in the Lord. He is born again. And no one is born again without the Spirit of God. It is the Spirit that gives newness of life. Thus, they who do the commandment of the Lord, commandments of the Lord, they have right to the tree of life. They have right Why have they the right to the tree of life? We know that when Adam and Eve fell into sin, then God closed the way to the tree of life for man. He put a cherubim with a flaming sword to guard the way to the tree of life that man should not eat thereof and live forever. And only those who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ according to Scripture have the right to the tree of life, no one else. For they are the only ones who have the right to enter into the most holy. As the author of the epistle to the Hebrews in the 10th chapter says, we have the right, dear brethren, to enter into the most holy by the blood of Jesus, which has been made unto us the new and the living way, through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. And we have a high priest over the house of God. Therefore let us draw nigh unto him with a true heart and sincere faith, being sprinkled in our hearts and released from a guilty conscience. 
Jesus who reopened the way to the tree of life when he offered himself as a sin offering in our behalf. When he tread the winepress of the wrath of God suffering the punishment for our sins and paying the penalty for them. Redeeming lost and fallen man with his own blood. Reconciling him to the heavenly Father and winning for him pardon and salvation. He is the one whom the prophet Isaiah beheld. And he asked this question, Who is he that cometh from Edom? whose vesture is dipped in blood. And he receives this answer, It is I, I who doeth righteousness, and have tread the winepress of the wrath of God alone, and no one of the people was with me. Therefore are my garments defiled with blood. Here when Jesus who tread the winepress of the wrath of God alone, begins to walk on this way to the tree of life, the cherubim has to step aside and put its sword in its sheath, and Jesus blazes the trail and marks the way to the tree of life, that all who will follow him, on the merits of his atoning blood, trusting in his grace, and laying hold with the hand of faith to his salvation, they have the right to the tree of life. And beloved, at the beginning of this chapter we are told that the tree of life bears fruit continually. And we have the right to partake of that fruit that the tree of life bears. And the fruit that is theirs is the grace of God. And we can with the hand of faith lay hold on that fruit. We can partake of it. We can devour it. And we can know through his grace, through the forgiveness of all our sins, the peace of a good conscience, the joy and the blessed assurance of salvation and have the witness of the Holy Spirit witnessing with our spirit that we are the children of God and may enter in through the gates into the city. Blessed indeed are they who have entered through the gates into the city, entered into the kingdom of God, Through the door, Jesus, our Lord and Savior, who said, I am the door. He that entereth in by me shall be saved, and shall go in and come out and find that. Yes, but you thought in your mind, it's his gates. It is true. The holy city was revealed to John, and he saw that it had twelve gates. But each gate was made out of one pearl. This typifies 
the teachings of the twelve apostles, and they all taught alike that Jesus is the only means of salvation that we have. He is the door. By him we must enter in, and then we shall be saved. So that he is that pearl, that priceless pearl. that when we have found we have sold everything that we might possess. For without are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. Dear friend, if there be any here tonight who have not entered in into the kingdom of God through that straight gate who have not believed on the Lord Jesus Christ according to scripture for we can enter by no other means than by faith behold what company you are keeping. Oh, you may not. Consider yourself at all to be keeping company with such as here are named. Dogs, sorcerers, whoremongers, murderers, and idolaters and liars. But so the scripture says, for without, those who are without, then they are classified by God into this And you know what reward shall be meted out to some. And that is the reward that all who are without shall receive. To them the Lord will say, Depart from me, ye workers of iniquity, into everlasting fire. Is it any wonder that Jesus, at the close of his Sermon on the Mount, says, Not every one that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter in the kingdom of heaven, but they who do the will of my Father which is in heaven. For I say unto you, Many shall come unto me in that day and shall say, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. But then shall I profess and say unto them, I know ye not. Depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. Oh, the weeping and the gnashing of teeth that shall be their portion, who are without. They shall remain without forever. 
God doesn't want that. He would want all to enter in. And dear friend, there is room in heaven for all. Even when that servant who had been commanded to go to the city and to lead in the blind, the maimed, the halt, and the lame. And when he returns, he says, he has done as has been commanded. But behold, there is still room. There is still room for you, dear friend, in the kingdom of God. Why remain, why remain without when there is room within? And God is inviting you. He is pleading with you. He is urging you to come just as you are. For here we read, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and offspring of David, and the bright and morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him that heareth say, Come. And let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. Without money and without price, all this is offered to you. For already, by the mouth of the prophet Isaiah, God says, O ye that thirst, come ye to the water, and ye who have no money, come buy and eat without money and without price. So, Freely does God offer His grace and salvation to all men. For as the brother says, that all have been redeemed. But when all do not believe, they do not become heirs of this redemption. But it isn't God's fault. It is their fault. So, beloved, at this parting moment, I plead with you. The Lord pleads with you. The children of God pleads with you. I, Jesus, the offspring of David, the bright and morning star, is pleading with you. The bride, the children of God, are pleading with you. And the Spirit of God is urging you to come just as you are. Why? Because there is sufficient grace for all, and the blood of Jesus Christ can cleanse you from all sin. For the Lord says, Come, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall become white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall become as wool. Do not remain without any longer. Ask that it may be given. Seek that you may find, not that it may be open to you. So that you too can hear with your own ears that all your sins, all your transgressions, are forgiven in Jesus' name and atoning blood. And that you may know his righteousness, may know the peace of a good conscience. 
the joy and the blessed assurance of salvation that the Spirit of God that is our hope and prayer for you dear unbelieving friend and you dear brother and sister hold fast to that which you have you who have Jesus as your own by faith and in his atoning blood the forgiveness of all your sins then keep faith in a good a good conscience hold fast to that which you have so that no one can take your crown the crown of life is awaiting you and the day when you can lay down the cross and lift your head beneath the crown may be closer than you can than you realize for a little while longer let us hold fast to him who is the truth the light and the way knowing that by him we shall come to the father and enter into the land where the righteous dwell to that end may god the dear heavenly father bless us Amen. I will speak a few words in the Finnish language so that those who have said that they haven't been able to understand anything that I have spoken in your midst, I can say farewell to them. Rakkaat veljet ja sisaret. Te vanhat ystävät, jotka ette ole voineet ymmärtää ja jotka pyydän, että jonkunkaan sanan suomen kielellä puhuisi. Tahdon tällä eron hetkellä nämä Paavalin sanat, joita hän kirjoittaa roomalaisille viidennen luvun alussa, jättää teille. Että me siis uskosta vanhustaksi tulleet olemme, niin meillä on rauha Jumalan kanssa. Meidän Herran Jeesuksen Kristuksen kanssa, jonka kautta meillä oli tytö käynyt uskossa tähän armoon, jossa me seisomme ja kerskaamme meidän Jumalan kunniaan toivossa. Niin olen varma siitä, että tällä eron hetkellä, kun meidän täytyy hyvästi ja sanoa toinen toiselle, me kuitenkin saatamme kiitollisella mielellä hyvästi ja jättää toinen toisiamme, vaikka emme näkisikään toisiamme täällä maitteen päällä, tietäen se, että kuin armosta olemme autuaksi tulee uskon kautta. Jumalan lahja se on. Ja kuin olemme käsittäneet sen rauhan, mitä rauhan ruhtina meille antanut on, hyvän oman tunnon rauhan, että kuin vain pidämme uskon ja hyvän oman tunnon, silloin me kohdamme toinen toisiamme siinä maassa, jossa vanhustaus. Ja kuin meillä oli tykö käynyt tähän armoon, 
uskon kautta. Niin Paavali kehoittaa meitä siinä seisomaan. Jossa me seisomme ja kerskaamme meidän Jumalan kunnian toivosta. No miltä se tuntuu veljeni ja sisareni rakas? Onko varraa siltä paikalta siltiä pois? Vai tarvitsetko sinä niin kuin minä Jumalan armoa joka hetki ja joka päivä? Sen tähden meitä on kehoitettu seisomaan sillä paikalla, jossa ensi kerran Jumalan armo meille tuotti niin suurta rauhaa meidän omalle tunnollemme, kuin kaikki synnit meille, meille anteeksi annettiin. Ja kuin me käsitimme, että, että nyt minäkin olen Jumalan lapsi, nyt minäkin olen taivaan matkamies, että ilo syttyi sydämeen ja kiitos tuli suume siitä, että kuin minunkin synnit ovat anteeksi annettu ja kuin minäkin olen Jumalan lapsi. Aina muistuu mieleen, hän on Jumalan lapset siellä Skaleon Nor- Norjassa, kuin Jumalan henki heitä liikutti. Se oli viimeisenä päivänä, kun isot seurat oli siellä sunnuntaina. Ja ehtoollista silloin he olivat nauttimassa. Kun Jumalan henki vaikutti, niin siellä ne kaikki yhden ääneen alkoivat Jumalaa kiittämään. Tosin suomalaiset suomen kielellä, norjalaiset norjan kielellä ja lappalaiset lapin kielellä. Mutta kaikki samasta asiasta niin valtavasti sai kuulla sen nämä sanat kaikuvan, että kiitos Jumalalle, synnit on anteeksi. Kiitos Herralle Jeesukselle, että minäkin olen Jumalan lapsi ja taivaan matkamies. Tästä ne kiittivät. Sillä he olivat seisomassa sillä paikalla, jossa ensi kerran taivas heille aukeni ja isän nevydet kasvot alkoivat. Ja ei ole kumma, että Herran apostoli kehoittaa meitä seisomaan siinä. Sillä Luther sanoi, että missä syntein anteeksi antamus on, siinä on elämä ja auki. Ja emme suinkaan taado elämän ja autuuden paikalta lähteä pois. Seisokaamme siinä rakkaani. Ja vaikka se tuntuu niin yksitoikkoselta ja niin yksinkertaiselta, että tällä paikalla vain seisoa. Ja kerskata Jumalan kunnian toivosta, ettei violiselle antaa sen vallan. Että kuin on synnit anteeksi ja rauha Jumalan kanssa, että epäilää autuudesta. Mutta epäilyksekin aivan syntinä hyljätä, sillä totisesti ei ihminen voi olla autuallisemmalla sielun tilalla kuin silloin, kun hänellä on elävä usko ja hyvä oma tunto. Ja kuin säilytämme vain uskon ja hyvän oman tunnon kuolemaan asti, niin perille kostumme, toisemme näemme siinä maassa, jossa vanhustaus on. 
Ja minäkin tahdon veljen kanssa yhtyä pyytämään, että koska minä tiedän, että minä Jumalan armon tarvitsen aina ja heikkouksia on paljon, vaikka heitteni missään takana synnissä heni elät, mutta kuitenkin Harmosta ainoastaan autuvasti tulen, että jaksatteko minullekin kaikki heikkoudet ja viat antaa, antaa anteeksi? Kyllä se on niin hyvä, että hyvällä omalla tunnolla Jumalan lasten sykö tunna. Ja hyvällä omalla tunnolla heidän keskuudesta lähtiä. Sillä silloin, jos kuulisitte, tai minä kuulisin, että joku teistä on pois muuttanut, niin kuin en voinut aavistakaan, että alteni veli oli, olisi niin kuolena ennen kuin minä pääsen kotia. Niin kuitenkin se jää semmoinen hauska totistus, että se, se veli ahkeroitsi kilvoitella säilyttäen uskon ja hyvän oman tunnon. Niin uskokaamme veljet ja sisaret rakkaat, kaikki synnit, kaikki heikkoudet, kaikki niin viat anteeksi. Aivan viimeisen epäilykseen asti Jeesuksen nimessä ja kallissa sovintoveressä. Ja seisokaamme vain vähän aikaa vielä. Minä näen ne harmahapsiset, se vanhat ystävät, että ei ole pitkä matka enää edessä. Vähän aikaa ennen tarvitaan seisoa, sitten pääsemme uskosta näkemisen, toivosta nautintoja ja vajavaisuudesta täydellisyyteen. Ja kerskakkaamme me, meidän Jumalan kunnian toivosta. Älkäämme kerskako itsestämme, ei meillä ole mitään, mistä voisimme kerskata. Niin kelvottomat, niin huonot, niin heikot matkamiet me olemme. Mutta meillä on kertaamista Jumalan kunnian toivosta, siitä elävästä toivosta, joka meidän rintoihin painettiin silloin, kuin, kuin Jumalan rakkaus sydämeen vuodatettiin hengen, hengen kautta, joka meille annettu on. Se elävä toivo, josta Pietari sanoo, kiitetty olkoon Jumala ja meidän Herramme Jeesuksen Kristuksen Isä, joka meitä suuresta laupeudestansa on jälleen synnyttänyt elävään toivoon Jeesuksen Kristuksen ylösnousemisen kautta he kuoleista. Veljeni ja sisäreni Herra Jeesus elää ja me elämme hänen kanssa. Ja se elämä, jota nyt elämme, me elämme uskon kautta Jumalan poikaa, joka meitä rakasti ja antoi itsensä meidän edessämme. Suuri on, on, on palkan makso. Se on aivan sanomatoin ja kunniallinen se ilo, jota me saamme nauttia siinä maassa, jossa vanhustaus on. Niin jääkää rakkaani niin Jumalan ja ne arvo sanansa haltuun. Toivotan teille siunattua matkaa aivan kotikunniaan asti sekä vanhoille että nuorille. Ja muistakaa minuakin esikokouksia sillä sillä päätöksellä minäkin olen matkaan lähtenyt nuorena. Ja tähän asti Jumala on minua uskossa säilyttänyt, että maksako mitä maksaa, tuntuko miltä tuntuu, kuva autua sitten niin hyvästi. Jumalan rauhaa jääkää Jeesuksen nimen. Aamen.
dear Heavenly Father, for the blessed lively hope that thou hast instilled in our hearts that there is better in store for us, that one day our weak faith will change to sight, hope to attaining in that which is in heart to the fullness of the glory of God. Therefore we ask at this moment of farewell that thou would bless all thy own, thy precious redeemed souls, both young and old. Grant us the grace that we may keep faith in a good conscience unto the end. And we ask thy blessing upon those who have asked for our prayers. O oh, dear Heavenly Father, bless the newborn babes in Christ. Those few who have received the grace to repent, even During this short adjourn, so adjourned, though not in this community, but elsewhere. Grant, O Lord, that thy blessing may rest upon the shut-ins, upon dear brother Matthew, sister Foyola, and so many as our unbeds of faith. O Lord, Thou who art mighty to save, art mighty to heal also. Into Thy hands we commend them as ourselves. Bless the awakened souls. O God, grant them the grace to come just as they are. Realizing that they cannot make themselves any better in thy presence. And that thou will receive them. If they will but come. And cleanse them. And make them thy hope. The Lord bless us and keep us. The Lord make his face shine upon us and be gracious unto us. The Lord lift up his countenance upon us. And give us everlasting peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.